Welcome to the Forging Otter Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We're doing our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode two, The Righteous Man. All right, so this is our second episode ever, which means we get to do, for the first time, a challenge wrap-up, right? So in the first episode, we were given a challenge, and now we get to talk about how it went for us, and we have cold, hard numbers <laughs> for the fans at home. This is so no just, just to give a recap, <laughs> what was that? This is no wishy-washy memory thing. We got, we got the facts here. We got the facts. Um, so to kind of give a recap, if either if you weren't listening or uh, if you don't know, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. We release these episodes every two weeks. Um, they're going to be simple challenges, daily tasks to grow us as men. Uh, the last challenge was to keep an honor journal of some sort. Um, so that was kind of, we mentioned in the style of Marcus Aurelius, but that it did not have to be that way. Just something kind of exploring yourself and your relationship to honor what you understood it to be. Um, so here, here are the numbers for Banjo and I. I think I completed officially half of the 10 days. So I have one, two, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count it out for everybody. Uh, Banjo completed eight of the 10 days. So he did better than I did. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a few folks in our discord that actually kept up or did better than us as well. So that's very exciting. I'm, I'm happy to see, um, uh, other young men excelling at this. Yeah. What was the experience like, JJ? We've, we've talked before about keeping uh, an honor journal and, and what we got out of it a little bit, but how, how did that, this time through, what did you, what'd you think? Well, this time through, I, I think it being on a little more public display helped me. For one, I was more consistent when I was doing it. Uh, for two, uh, the, the fact that there were questions in the, <clears throat> in our discord that uh, we were going back and forth on a little bit. And the, the fact that I was able to have some of these discussions, we have uh, a forging honor member uh, here where I live. So I was able to go uh, meet up with him and, and have some of these conversations as well, which was really good for me. Um, just that we had, um, kind of, you know, we were sharing this experience together and it was, that was really good. It also gave me uh, something every day, whether or not I did it, that was, that I was thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta, Get that done so I can put my emoji in the Discord. I, you know, I got <laughs> to finish this off. Gotta get uh, and that, done. honestly, I, I'll, I'll tell you, in the first week, I didn't really um, think about that all that much. In the second week, I had a very productive week because I had this thing going in my mind <laughs> the whole time. Um, and I, I also was a lot uh, better in the second week than I was in the first week. How about you? Yeah, it was good. I I, uh, I, I think I started doing this as a, as a habit a little uh a little before we started releasing these episodes, because uh, I was I was really interested in the idea, um, and so it's become much more of a, a, a daily habit for me. Even in uh, it's something I, I think I just do every day now. Uh, is is I have my I carry my little notebook everywhere, and uh, I I write in it whenever I find time. Um, this time around, I think one thing that I 
was was just kind of um, struck with was just just being reminded of of writing as a thinking process and not as a I've had a I've had a solid idea I've had a permanent idea um, and um, once I have the idea then I'm writing it down uh, I th- I think I was more aware of like I'm gonna use this journal as something to help me develop my thought. Like I, am allowed to put the wrong thing down in my honor journal. Um, and then tomorrow I can read it again and say, no, that's not what I meant. Um, let me try it again. And then the next day I'm, I'm writing something, uh, different. Um, and so for me, there was sort of a, a learning of, I'm, I'm navigating my own thought. Uh, and, uh, I felt more that I was kind of keeping, um, keeping kind of like a, a captain's log on a ship. Uh, that I was like, okay, you know, I tried this tack today, the winds were blowing this way, now i got to turn the ship around a little bit and uh, go this way with it. Um, and uh, I was, of course, reminded of uh, you know, the famous quote, Greek philosopher, uh, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. Uh, and so I thought we were, uh, we were engaged in noble pursuits. That, that makes a lot of sense. So that's, I, think, I think it's good that you were tying that to, I, I like the, the concept of the captain's log or the ship's log as you kind of navigate through life. Um, were you doing pretty long form or pretty short in your I journal? Was, it was pretty short. So, and, and I think we talked about this um, at some point, but um, typically what I will do for my honor journal is just throw down a couple of sentences, really. Um, just kind of what is in my head. And, and sometimes it's like an image, like if... Uh, almost like the start of a poem. Um, and I'll just kind of throw something down there. And then later in the day, I'll, I'll go back and look over it. And a lot of the time, a lot of times that uh, those few sentences that I write down will go into stories uh, or will go into uh, pieces of writing that I'm working on. Um, and so uh, if, if you were to compare the, the story that I'm writing right now with my honor journal, you would, you would probably see a lot of segments that kind of line up next to each other. Um, and so I'm using my fiction to kind of, uh, develop some of these thoughts in more, uh, cohesive, uh, sort of imaginary arguments with, with myself and with these other, with these other characters I've created. So that's, that's typically what it looks like more for me. Do you do more long form or is it more short? I, I think the longest I did was maybe a page in, in my journal, which is, not a moleskin, but it's similar to it. So <clears throat> however many lines that is. Uh, but uh, most of mine were, yeah, you know, probably in the range of a short paragraph. Um, and they were almost all question-based. So I would just start with mm. a question. And half of them ended up just being questions the whole time as I kind of worked through a question. And then potentially I got I got somewhere most of the time. I, um, I kind of picked up the thought next time I started journaling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but one, one thing that I think really, really stuck out for me was, um, as I did this, I I was turning over these ideas in my head throughout the day, right? It wasn't just Mm -hmm. this, huh, I wonder, but the, the thought stuck around because I had journaled it. Uh, so one, one thought that has really been, you know, getting into me recently is, the idea of an honorable man as uh, as self-sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the honorable man does not go 
after his own intentions, seems to me. Uh, and one question that I, I threw out, I've thrown out before to you, um, and I think that could lead to our discussion to today a little bit. Um, just does the honorable man seek his own uh, happiness? Is it dishonorable to desire your own happiness? Like, would that would that be a problem? Yeah. Um, right. Like, there's definitely an element to that. But at the same time, like if you don't if you don't desire your own happiness, if you don't go after it a little bit, like you, do you have any motivation? Yeah. Or where would that motivation come from? Um, so I kind of want those thoughts to be on our mind as we move into today's discussion, uh, which is Psalm one. So before we get started, we should probably read it considering it's scripture. Banjo, would you do the honors? That would be, I would be, would be honored to do so. <laughs> oh no. And, and right then and there, the podcast ended. Yep. Yep. Oh, we had one listener and now gone. Unsubscribe. Yeah, so uh, Psalm 1, uh, I, I think it's going to have some, some great uh, things to speak to, to JJ's questions. Um, I think also, and, and I'll just add on top of that, one thing that I have been, um, I think, struck by in, in, in my journal the last, last couple weeks is, um, kind of, kind of the loneliness of, of man, um, or at least the, the modern man. And I'm curious how much of that is a, um, a little, a little bit of a myth, like, like how much, I think guys like to think that we're loners. Um, and we like to think that we're alone. And I think there, there might be a little bit of a problem to that. Um, but I also think that there is a real problem with, um, you know, there's a, there's a growing um, kind of decline in, in uh, men in social, social spheres um, and, and in different organizations and that kind of a thing, um, which I think is a part of your uh, thing, JJ. I think uh, a lot of us yeah. want to engage in some of these things that aren't, um, you know, where we want to engage. Uh, and I, and I think, where where are we? Do we need to be showing up in these spheres? Are we failing to show up in these spheres? Uh, and and what does that look like? So anyway, that's a question on my on my man, mind, um, and I will get into uh, our our first uh, kind of a wayfinder passage. Yeah, you know, kind of a, a compass point. Psalm one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And that is Psalm 1. Uh, I didn't read with my uh, Max McLaren voice. Uh, right, right. Um, but, uh, Thank any, goodness. <laughs> any, anything's jumping off the page at you there, JJ, in our first read-through this morning? 
I, I like the contrast of the uh, different actions in the first, only in the two first two verses, um, but contrasting uh, walking and sitting with meditating. Um, not that not that walking and sitting are bad things, um, but it's interesting. Just the meditating is is not necessarily a physical action in the same way walking and sitting are. And yeah. walking and sitting could both be considered to be very passive actions. Walking a little less so, but it's not like walking does not have to be the most intentional of actions. A lot of people go on walks without really thinking about it. You know, they have podcasts in or they're they're thinking about something else. Which if you have they go on walks to do something else. If you have our podcast in during your walk, that's totally fine. But at any yeah, we're not we're not we're not dissing that. Any other podcast, um, we are dissing. Unless unless you determine that we are the council of the wicked, in which case, rip those earbuds out. But um, that said, meditating uh, is not a physical action in that same sense, um, which I, I find interesting. I don't know. Do you have thoughts no, on I, that, Banjo? I, I think I see what you're saying, but um, it's interesting to me. I, the contrast I saw um, is between the, the seat of scoffers and the delight in the law of the Lord. Um, and one, one thing that I um, am often convicted of reading, reading scripture is um, uh, my default setting is towards the, towards the comic. Like I, I, I grew up on stand-up comedians. I grew up on SNL. Um, I grew up on, on, you know, late night show hosts. And I, I, I love that kind of a thing. Um, and the, the default setting on those groups is to be making a joke and to, to say something funny and to, to take a shot at authority, um, to take a shot at a, at a good thing. Um, and, and to not take anything seriously. Um, and I've, I've been convicted of, I, I, I tend not to take things too seriously that I should take seriously. And, and maybe first and foremost, you know, the law of God, um, I was uh, I was telling you earlier, JJ. I uh, spent this week. I work at a at a, um, at a small Christian school, and and this week, as I was, uh, I got the I got the chance to substitute teach for a little bit. Um, and one of the things I realized is the uh, the law and order of the classroom is is really important, and the kids who honor that law and order are going to do really well. Like if if the kids respect um, what's going on and and uh, the reason that they need to be quiet and the reason that they need to not be talking to their friends, they're going to do really well. Um, but if they are goofing off and, uh, you know, splashing each other with water bottles, not saying any of them did that, but maybe they did. Uh, or if they're trying to watch, you know, YouTube on the, on, in the corner, uh, on their laptop screen, uh, when they think I'm not looking, then, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be entertained, but they're not going to learn. Um, they're not going to grow. Um, so I've, I've been thinking about where am I doing that in my life? Um, where am I watching YouTube in the corner um, and, and ignoring the, the law of God? So I think I need to grow in the, in the meditation zone, so to speak. Right. And, and all of those that, things that you mentioned, kind of a default sarcasm or a default cynicism, defaulting to YouTube. I mean, 
I do that and that's not good. It, it takes out of my time with my family. All of those are those passive actions, right? I can sit in the seat of scoffers all day. It takes a little more effort to walk in the council of the wicked because you at least have to be knowledgeable in the council of the wicked. Mm-hmm. But even that is somewhat passive. You're being fed that. Um, whereas on on God's to, to meditate on God's law, that requires mental effort, mental strain. Right? You're, it's it's hard work. Which, at the same time, then you go straight to verse three, and he's planted by streams of water. The trees, the tree is being directly fed, right? Mm-hmm. So it's both hard work, but also you put out a little bit of that hard work and you're going to be fed in a, in a huge way. And then you'll yield your fruit in season. The leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers, right? So there's that direct contrast of it's hard work. At the same time, you are truly fed. And it's, it's small too. It's, it's a really, I mean, what it is, it's, it's it sounds more like, habits you know it's it's a little tiny growth that doesn't look like much uh, but it's something that hey that's what this podcast is all about hey yeah you know what i think we might be onto something or we're just you know we're gonna wrench our shoulders patting ourselves on the back um one of the two um but anyway like but but i think i think that's a uh growth is small and lasting growth is small Uh, i i keep thinking about cathedral builders in the middle ages like these guys fascinate me they would spend like 300 to 500 years working on these cathedrals uh and you basically have like you know one guy works on one block of stone his you know his whole life and then passes it off to his son and then to his grandson and none of them will see the cathedral in its entirety um but they're still working on it a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time um knowing that something better is coming um, they're 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 planting seeds that someone else will water that will eventually grow into this great thing. And I think that's a thing that we've really lost in our culture. It's like I don't I don't see us doing that in any sphere. And I so want to I, again. I, I kind of want to push back on that a little bit. Oh, a little bit of devil's advocate. Um, why is that an important thing to have? Right? Because if I'm going to work on something that my children's 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 children won't see or or they won't mm-hmm. it'll take that long before somebody sees something out of it why does that matter to me right that's what the world would say sure yes i like it well i think it's i think it's i, I got i got two parts of, of a response and one is to the to the thing that you're talking about earlier uh, which is that there is something that is self-sacrificial about this kind of building a legacy building something that's going to pass on for generations and for generations because it's not for us in the specific case of the cathedral, but I think you can extend this to a lot of other things. It's not about us. It's about bringing glory to God. Um, and when you are part of a small, when you are at work on your small field, um, contributing to the larger group, um, who is working together for the glory of God, um, then, then you're doing good work. Um, but if you are working on your small field and, and hoarding it for yourself, um, you're going to detract from that community. You're going to tr- detract from that um, larger concept. Um, and, and, and 
there won't be you're going to detract from communal growth um if that makes sense um you repeat the question so that i remember what my first thought was because i started why, why does it matter to care what the next generation and many generations beyond are going to see maybe this is just the restatement of my of my first thought but and this this is going to sound harsh but it's not about you you know what i mean like uh we are the you know uh the greatest lie uh of our of our uh self perception is that we are at the center of the universe uh you know um and strangely we kind of have to operate out of that assumption a little bit like all of our in all of the information that we receive makes us think that we're the center of the universe you know um and yet um i think the the masculine mandate there's a great book called the masculine mandate that i read a, a while ago i need to get a, a copy of it again um just to make sure i still think it's a great book um but but he said uh that the biblical uh the, the biblical masculine mandate is to work and keep um so work the garden work the ground um you know cultivate uh and and produce um and to keep uh which is more of uh to protect to guard the garden against you know invaders um and uh in some ways i think that applies to both to men and women but it's something that's uh, more specifically stated to uh to adam in in uh, genesis um and i think uh there's also a, a third uh element of that um i was speaking to um actually my father-in-law recently and he was he was uh speaking about this he said that um the the there's perhaps a third thing to be added on onto that call which is to multiply and populate the earth um and to to build and to kind of grow outwards um to not stay in one place to to i think the word he used was advance um and and i think that's a pretty um interesting thing to add there um i think of robert frost's uh quote about um making order out of chaos um, the poet's job, he says, is to make to make a, mo uh, a poem, which is a momentary stay against confusion. Um, and I think our role as men, in some sense, and you know, I think this can also apply to to women. Um, but one thing to think about as a man, let me put it that way, is you know, you are going to go out into the world and you're going to find confusion, and you're going to find disorder and chaos. Um, you're going to find the counsel of the wicked. You're going to find the way of sinners. You're going to find the seat of scoffers. Um, and you're going to find kind of the dismal, dreary, despairing, uh, existential malaise that I think comes for us all. Um, uh, and that, that to me is, is true chaos. It's not so much, I don't worry so much about like the mess and like the stuff being thrown around. It's just kind of the, uh, entropy of it all. Um, and I think you gotta you gotta find a way to build something that means something, um, and advance the cause of truth. I, I won't say order, um, but I think advance the cause of truth, because um, order can be bad too. But I, I think I think God's truth is is something different. I don't know. You, do you want to push back more? I might have said some things that are way way off. A lot of that makes a lot of sense. And so, kind of recap, you kind of are hitting God community and future generations uh, as the motivation for why we do this. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So those three things tied together for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. Right. You have you have God, community, and children all outside of yourself. You have to live for God first off. So that these are all major assumptions that the world denies. Right. The world mm-hmm. doesn't want us to worship God. Right. The, the God of the world is is science or whatever else they decide in the moment. Self. Um, right. Or or major. You know, transgender issues or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the god of the modern world. They don't want community. They isolate. They break apart our communities. Is kind of the, kind of the mindset there. Um, I mean, you see this. This is not a current events podcast, but you see this in in the mindset of. Uh, did you hear about the Oxford fifteen minute city? No, what is a fifteen minute city? So the the Oxford. Uh, city council or uh, whoever, whatever their equivalent is, uh, decided to break Oxford into six, uh, six sections. They put up barriers between all six sections so you couldn't drive between them. The idea being everything in these sections is within a 15 minute walk that you can huh. work, live, play. Now, on the face of it, I get wanting to walk everywhere or bike everywhere. Um, that's a fine mm-hmm. thing. And there's there's a lot of me that likes that kind of European model of being able to walk, bike, etc. Small community <clears throat> and growing that. Correct. However, they're enforcing that on the people, and you would be fined if you drove more than a certain number of days outside of your section of the city. Ooh, that so ooh. they were they were enforcing this ideal on the city. Yeah. And and they're segregating these communities apart that I mean some of these some of these lines went right through neighborhoods where people drove you constantly. Yeah. Exactly. So they're they're tearing apart, they're creating their own idea of a community where these communities need to be, they grow naturally around common ideals, right? And that's that's the Christian community. We're we're a worldwide community that grows naturally around our dedication to Christ. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we start breaking that apart along arbitrary lines, the world has the world is starting to win. Oh see, but here now I have to now I have to play devil's advocate. Uh, and, and, uh, look, look at the clock. I don't want to run too far, but what about like denominations or, or, you know, sometimes I, in my, in my small town, I, I live in a small town of about, uh, maybe 800 people, if that, um, and yet we have three churches. Uh, I, I could, I could do my 15 minute walk to three different churches. Um, what would you say to that sort of division is that a division is that what is that is that a denom- you know a denomination is literally right. a, a line what, what and, and, and for one i would say it's not an arbitrary line okay most of the time i mean there are times in history where denominations have broken over favoritism to some guy um it's not an arbitrary line and there are times in history where we have to make those decisions right I would argue the Reformation being one mm-hmm. of them, where for for years the Reformation tried to reform the Catholic Church, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, after being burned at the stake many, many times and all kinds of things like that, various various pockets of the Reformation started breaking Not away. The same person being burned, at the right? Stake right, you know what I mean. Different people. Uh, so there are times where you have to break away. You have to you have to draw that line. Right. However. I do think it is a weakness in 
especially our context, the number of denominations we have that either aren't communicating well or that we we draw, we, we become sticklers over very, very small issues. And then we can't fight the big ones on the on on a large scale within our mm-hmm. country or in the world, right? Um, so you are you are correct there that we have this division, and I think that is part of living in a sinful world. Unfortunately, I'm not saying that we're going to get rid of all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we should see, we should do our best and seek to recognize that we are Christian brothers and sisters in, in these things. Yeah. Yeah. The Again, though. That- there are there are lines that are not arbitrary, right? And that should be drawn. Yeah, I was going to say I I, uh, I I agree that the uh, what what one might say the ecumenical uh, lines in our country or in our communities could be stronger because um, I think we have a really bad habit in America. Maybe it's worldwide, but I think it's in America of seeing as anybody anybody who's not on our uh, immediate team is uh the bad guy um and i think that's something we can work on but i i work with people from many different denominations and i've been struck by two things one how much we all have in common and how you know we're all we're all coming from different backgrounds we're all but we're all straining towards you know let's let's serve these kids in this school and let's show them the gospel um and that's good. Like I'm, I'm impressed day in and day out by the teachers in the school doing that. Um, on the other hand, um, I've, I've realized that because I come from a reformed background, I have an entirely different idea of how that should be done than uh, people who are in the school who are Wesleyan and who have uh, a totally different idea um, of how that should be run. And, and, and it leads to these two almost like two different schools within one school. Um, so, so I've learned both, like we have tons in common and that's great, but there are some really, really important differences that have to be divided. Um, differences that have to be divided. Yeah. That's, that's good writing. Um, no, anyway. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think kind of circling this back around to Psalm one, a key marker of whether, a, a particular line is just drawn in sand or is drawn in stone and whether whether or not the community is on a solid foundation is their reaction to the the wind as it were right the wicked are not so they're like chaff that the wind drives away right so when mm-hmm. the tough times comes mm-hmm. which communities are going to are going to stand firm which communities are going to last and right? which are going to be rooted yes uh like the tree there we go oh oh man it's it's all making so much sense um and then kind of on your third thing with the children that is also something where we we have the mandate to go forth and and you have have children um but that's also because it's for the purpose of advancing god's kingdom building these communities even further right that that becomes a foundation Mm -hmm. over time um and into the last couple of verses here, therefore the wicked will not stand at the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Uh, it, the, the righteous are a congregation, right? The gathering of the righteous, um, just there, there's no room for the wicked at, at that point. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I mean, that can't, I don't think it gets much more clear than that. Um, 
but I think it's important important to think about as we uh, go forth in the world and as we recognize, you know, here's here's maybe an arbitrary thing that I share with. Like it's not arbitrary, but like for example, you know, the differences between say a Reformed Baptist and a Reformed Presbyterian. There's like only only very few minor minor differences. Well, mm-hmm. okay, maybe not minor minor. Baptism of children <laughs> is not minor. Um, but it's one of those things where, yeah, we can unite uh, against whatever whatever lies are being told to us by the world. Yes, we're going to have our discussions. There's going to be all kinds of meetings and, and writings and people saying terrible things about other people. Um, but I think you're right. You know, there there are contexts where, at the end of the day, we recognize what the what the goal of the gospel is. Right? We got to go forth and spread the gospel. Yeah, and I'm 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 struck by uh, I'm stuck on verses three and four. To be honest with you, uh, fair because the, the poetry there is is interesting. How it's the you know the righteous man is is planted by streams of water. There's, there's uh, abundant life there. You, you can almost see the green leaves and you can hear the babbling brook and, and you know, that kind of thing. And then contrast that with the, with the chaff, with the dried out um, ashen uh, chaff that the wicked are. Um, and, and I think we, we talked about, we've talked about this before JJ looking at the sum of, you know, chaff, the wicked are the chaff that are thrown up. Um, and there's a lot of them, like there's a lot of chaff that's blown in the wind, um, contrasted with this tree that is rooted, um, kind of drinking up God's word and drinking up the law and, and that kind of a thing. Um, so it can, it can feel like we're surrounded. It can feel like we're, um, being, being assaulted by the, the chaff of the world. Um, but we're growing rooted, uh, and being watered by the, by the word of God which I think maybe leads us into our challenge, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, what a segue. (laughs) I ride it around. I ride that segue around. So going to the challenge, kind of going off of uh, verse two primarily, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. The challenge is simple. Read Psalm 1 every day for the next two weeks. Um, again, challenges, we only, um, in our Discord, we only post on Monday through Friday a reminder to do it, right? Saturday and Sunday, or if you want to do it, great. And I, I think this is one where you definitely should be doing it on Saturday and Sunday if you if you have the time. Um, not, a, not a long challenge, not a difficult challenge, but the goal is to meditate on this psalm, to grow in it, and, and live by it. So, and if you are uh, taking notes on it or you're continuing to keep an honor journal, I think it'd be really great to uh, find kind of the, the action items of the Psalm. If there are, if there are any more um, to find how you can live the Psalm out. Um, because again, the goal of forging honor as a podcast is to grow uh, in our action as young Christian men, right? We want to, we want to put, what we've been learning about our whole lives or for some of us, not our whole lives, but we want to put what we've been learning about into action. And I think that starts with reading God's word every single day. Yeah. And if I can, uh, if I can make a recommendation alongside that, if you're, if you're keeping up with your honor journal, if you're keeping that as a habit, uh, maybe write out 
uh, Psalm 1 in your honor journal. Um, there's, a, there's a connection between uh, handwriting and improved memory and, and transferring um, words that you're reading into your, your long-term memory and making that a kind of a more ingrained part uh, of your brain. Um, so, you know, you don't have to write it out every day, but maybe just uh, on Sunday afternoon or when you have time, uh, take a few minutes and, and write it out. And that can be a great way to um, continue to meditate uh, on that word day and night. Absolutely. And and to be clear, we're not saying you have to do the honor journal or the journaling. Um, that challenge is over after today. But if you got benefit from it, you want to stick with it. Um, we're just offering some suggestions as to what to do with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, the honor journal. Are you going to stick with it, JJ? Or is you, was that less? Uh, intermittently, I'm sure. It's one of those things where I really benefited from it when I had a question burning on my mind. But when I sat down with nothing on my mind, I got very little from it. So. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, though, that I will undoubtedly get benefit from reading scripture every day. I, I, mean, uh, I think it'll be interesting to read the same scripture yeah. every, every day because, um, you know, most Bible reading plans, you're reading different scripture every single day mm -hmm. if you're doing a Bible reading plan or just reading through the Bible. But when you read the same thing every single day, you start to see new things. So I will be curious to know what, what we see in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be good. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. On the website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount from any purchases you make through our website link, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking the time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.